Well, we all suffered through a pretty dreadful Missouri Tigers basketball game last night against Auburn, but ultimately in the long run, not that big of a deal. And I'm going to explain why coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And speaking of starts, well, it couldn't have gone much worse for the Tigers yesterday, huh? A 19-2 start by Auburn over Missouri. Eventually, it was 30-6 to at one point. I believe the Tigers trailed by as many as at least 27. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I lost count and stopped taking notes at a certain point because, let's face it, when you're on the road, Coming off the type of victory that Missouri did, as I pointed out in my previous episode, that was always going to be a really tough spot for Missouri. I just thought maybe it would be a slightly tougher spot for Auburn, too. But clearly, the other Tigers wanted it more, needed it more, all of those cliches. All the credit in the world to them because, well, they played excellently, obviously. My goodness, the the Auburn Tigers were really good yesterday. Probably the best game they've played all season. Not a particularly good three-point shooting team. Man, they were knocking them down yesterday. Some of that had to do with the Missouri defense, no question. But really more to the point, though, the Tigers just can't play any worse offensively than that. Whether it was three-pointers, seemed like the Tigers missed four or five point-blank shots at the rim, at least in the first half. And of course, just a plethora of turnovers. Really everything quite the opposite of what you saw against Tennessee uh, for the most part. So a pretty bleak play, a pretty bleak picture I've painted so far. But at the end of the day, a split against Tennessee and Auburn on the road here, that's all you can really ask for as a fan. As I touched on yesterday, once again, just so hard to win a consecutive road game in the conference, but especially after DeAndre Golston hits a 40-footer for the win against a top-10 team in the country, it's just human nature, especially among non-professional athletes, college guys, you're just not going to be able to get up quite as much for the next game. I know to some people that doesn't make sense, but just that's a pattern I've noticed over time. I'm certainly not the only one. And again, I tried to talk myself into the Alabama game, Auburn having to overcome that sort of emotional drain too, but again, clearly they wanted it and needed it more. But again, why isn't this such a big deal in my opinion? Because if you look at the last five ball games of the year for Missouri, well, you've got three at home and two away. And if if we just go three and two, if we can just hold serve at home, for instance, or drop one at home and steal one on the road, either way, just go three and two. That puts us at twenty-two and nine and ten and eight in the SEC. That puts you in the big dance, almost without question. 
Now, even if the Tigers go two and three here the last five games, well, I still think the Tigers are in pretty decent shape. You might need to win at least a game in the SEC tournament under those circumstances, but you're still in pretty good shape. Again, three and two down down the finish here, I, I think that does it. Now, the tricky part, though, again, I mentioned Missouri can just hold serve at home, go three and two, and easily make the tournament. But the tricky part is the two toughest opponents left are the next two games on Missouri's schedule, both at home, against Texas A&M and Mississippi State. You don't need to tell me how much trouble Missouri has had with those particular opponents at times over the last few years, particularly Buzz Williams' squad and particularly Ben Howland's squad. Now, obviously, Ben Howland is no longer with us in the Southeastern Conference, but we just saw on the road against Mississippi State, well, against Tulo Smith, similar to the Auburn game, a tough matchup for Missouri, a big guy that is going to cause the Tigers some problems. Also, obviously, after these last two games, there's a big question. Will Isaiah Mosley be available for these next two home games for Missouri? And obviously, that's a rhetorical question at this point because I have absolutely no idea. I certainly wouldn't bet on it either way. Now, again, two home games here, A&M, Mississippi State, then the Tigers finish with away games at Georgia and LSU, and finally Senior Day at Mizzou Arena against Ole Miss. By the way, speaking of Senior Day, that'll be fairly intriguing to see if Kobe Brown will walk, if Nick Honor will walk. How about Isaiah Mosley? Will he be a part of that ceremony? Well, either way, no doubt that Trey Gomillion, Des Moines Hodge, and of course DeAndre Greenlight Golston should get big hands from the Mizzou Arena crowd, despite only spending one year on campus. But again, going back a couple road games against Georgia and LSU, LSU's obviously had its problems this year. They're not without talent. KJ Williams, one of the better players in the conference, certainly. And Georgia under Mike White is playing better basketball. Their first year coach, of course, formerly with the Florida Gators. Seems like Georgia's starting to turn it around a little bit. So while this part of the schedule for Missouri, if you just look at it on paper, in fact, Ken Pomeroy, his projections, well, they have Missouri winning each and every one of these games, at least individually. Because actually, well, these games are so close, though, including the next two, well, those are both one-point victories over A&M and Mississippi State. So there's a lot of coin flips here down the stretch. Really, Ole Miss, the last game, that, that senior day game I was just mentioning, that's really the only game that should be on paper a truly comfortable victory for Missouri. I feel fairly confident about LSU on the road, too, but again, as we've all seen before, nothing's ever truly comfortable for the most part on the road in high major college basketball. So again, three and two for Missouri. That's what you got to hope for down the stretch. And since Missouri stole that Tennessee game, even though the Auburn game hurts and it makes your projections look a little worse in terms of actually getting into the big dance, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. And we should actually celebrate going one and one out of this stretch. And obviously the officiating in Knoxville this past weekend was... Well, to put it kindly, wildly inconsistent. First half, it seemed like it was the classic 
let them play type of game where most contact was ignored for the most part. Certainly any incidental contact was ignored, but then yet in the second half, just every touch foul was called seemingly until really maybe seven seconds or so left. Kobe Brown makes a drive. And I guess, again, when you get under a certain portion of the game, it becomes let them play again. Well, there was a bunch of people during the Super Bowl who made this argument when James Bradbury for the Philadelphia Eagles was called for holding against Kansas City's Juju Smith-Schuster. And the argument from a lot of the old school has been, well, you got to let them play. You can't make that call in that situation. Well, I got to challenge that narrative pretty strongly. But first, this is the midway point of the NBA season, so now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, easy to lose, easy to use. Well, can be easy to lose sometimes too, but that'll be up to you, folks. All I know is you can bet on whatever you want from spreads, money lines, futures, the whole deal. FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a chance at bigger payouts with a same game parlay. And did you know that Manchester City, despite cheating more than the Oakland Raiders in their heyday, still the favorites to win the UEFA Champions League? But you know what? No matter what you're into, don't miss out on your chance for your no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash on. that's FanDuel.com slash Locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen. Every day, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one convenient place. With the big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players locked on college basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And you know what? Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm truly a naive human being. And I trust technology a little too much in some cases. Because I actually believe that the robo-umpires behind home plate in Major League Baseball are actually trying it out in AAA this year. I actually think that's going to work. I think calling balls and strikes and making it basically 100% consistent, I think it's going to work. Sort of like it works in tennis. How instant replay, you get a replay. Hey, it was either in or out. And within a second or two, you seem to get a perfect answer that everyone seems satisfied with. On the other hand, though, I don't think that's ever going to be the case in basketball, for instance, because at a certain level, fouls are always subjective. There's going to be contact on every play. You cannot call every piece of contact a foul. So then the question is, what is a foul? I'm just not sure that we're able to get a perfect AI or robot that can create that sort of thing. So to that point, If we're going to have human beings deciding basketball games and indeed deciding defensive holding penalties, for instance, 
in the Super Bowl and other big-time college football games, for instance, well, there's going to be some subjectivity and arguments there. So my whole thing is, while we're never going to get perfect consistency across the board, it would be at least nice to get relative consistency within the game. So that's my whole problem with, hey, let them play in the last, I don't know, 30 seconds, two minutes, is it five minutes? See, that's the whole problem. If we're going to have a let them play mentality when suddenly officiating changes, well, maybe I can get behind that argument if we make it official. If there's actually an official moment where it's now let them play ball, and everybody's aware of this, the coaches, the players, the spectators, everybody in the arena, if we're all aware that under a minute and a half, it's now let them play time, well, at least we're all know, we'll all know that. Because then Kobe Brown will at least know, okay, I'm about to get mugged on this drive, so I guess I can throw a forearm shiver to his face to get open because we're letting them play and we're letting the players decide. But to me, if that's a foul in the first two minutes, it should be a foul in the final two minutes. Because again, this slippery slope of, well, we let them play now, but not in the middle of the game. How does that make any sense whatsoever? And again, unless you're going to officially tell me, well, here's the time where I guess defensive holding is allowed. I, unless, unless everybody in the stadium knows when that's happening, then I'm sorry. That's a totally ridiculous argument on its face because you can't just arbitrarily decide that, well, you know what, on this play, we're just not going to call foul for all intents and purposes, but we would have called it 10 minutes earlier. What leg does anybody have to stand on with that particular argument? And you know what, since we're kind of on the Super Bowl here, am I the only one who thought when the Kansas City Chiefs scored a touchdown to win up seven that they should consider actually going for two and making it nine, as me and my good buddy like to say, we like to hashtag make it nine sometimes late in the ball game when, yes, instead of kicking the extra point and going up eight, no, you make it nine and make it a two-possession ball game, especially in a ball game like Kansas City and Philadelphia were playing where both offenses were obviously moving it up and down the field with regularity. Why not take it out of your defense's hands a little more? Because, well, as you saw, Philadelphia did get the touchdown and the ensuing two-pointer as well, especially when you consider how successful Philadelphia was in every short yardage situation. Now, on that two-point play, they didn't run the, the rugby sneak, quarterback sneak, if you will, that was, it was basically unstoppable all season and was certainly unstoppable in the Super Bowl. But I think the question is, though, it's like, well, how late do you do that? That's the real question. Would it have been too early for the Chiefs to do it? For me, I thought they should have at least considered it. But obviously, obviously, I, I just think the upside of it is actually worth it. Because if you think about it from your opponent's perspective, what if your opponent has just scored on you in the fourth quarter they're up seven. You think, well, they're just going to take the take the the one pointer. I guess we'll have to go for two to tie it. But then all of a sudden, oh no, the offense is coming out onto the field. Aren't you terrified at that moment? If you're the opposition, if you're an opposing fan, aren't you going, 
oh no, I was really hoping, I really wish they would just kick the one pointer here. To me, if that's the reaction I'm getting, that tells me I'm probably making the right decision in making it nine. That's just me. I'd definitely be curious to hear everybody else's thought on that. Too aggressive? I don't know. To me, the upside is really, really valuable. It's obviously incredibly valuable to go up two possessions. And the downside is simply, well, the other team still needs a touchdown to tie, but now more than likely they'll just take the one-pointer and tie the game. So ultimately, it would probably ended up in a wash for Kansas City, even if they went for two and didn't get it. I bet Philadelphia likely wouldn't have gone for two, although I'm not totally sure about that. So something to think about for sure. I just personally think in general, the upside is worth the downside in that situation. Just depends on how late you want to push it. And speaking of pushing it, well, after a disappointing end to last season, the Missouri women's basketball team not playing so hot this year. So how far does Missouri want to push it with Robin Pinchton? Let's talk about that after these quick words. Well, unfortunately for the Mizzou women's basketball team, it's looking like a fourth consecutive season without a trip to the NCAA tournament. Also seven of eight losses here for the Tigers after a 3-0 and start in the SEC. So that's obviously a big disappointment, including a blowout against Arkansas in the most recent game on Sunday, 61-33. to Things not going so hot with the Missouri women right now, and that has a lot of people questioning if this maybe should be Robin Pinchton's last year with the program. And from my perspective, I I certainly understand the frustration of Missouri women's basketball fans. It just hasn't gone well after the Sophie Cunningham era. Last season, Missouri had a winning record overall after two consecutive losing records, just nine win seasons each year, by the way, those previous uh, two years, 18 and 13 last year with a very strange ending to the season. I never quite understood why or how Pinchton handled the Asia Blackwell situation. But regardless, this season, again, the season seemingly coming off the rails here a little bit. I really do understand the disappointment. I understand that Robin Pinchton's seat should be hot. I I completely get all of that. On the other hand, and again, I'm talking with a a, a fair bit of ignorance here, I'll be honest. But from my memory, I, I do believe that Robin Pinchton has another year left on her contract. So if that's the case, and it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe upwards of even close to a million dollars to buy out Robin Pinchton from her contract, I'd personally rather spend that money on something else. I just don't think the dollars and cents actually support considering how much money Women's basketball brings into the program. I, I just don't see the actual logic of, of doing that. I, I just don't think you're going to see significantly more people suddenly coming to watch women's basketball next season just because you change coaches. I think it makes a lot more sense to give Pinchton one more year, and if indeed I'm correct, her contract runs out after next year and things are still heading in a direction you're not happy with, then by all means go out and get another women's basketball coach. 
And again, if I'm wrong, if Missouri can move on after this season for nothing from Pinchton, well, then that's a little bit different of a calculation. Again, there's still some games left to play here, not shoving her out the door by any means as some Missouri fans are. In fact, again, I'd keep her around. If she's got another year on her contract, whatever her contract is, I'd say let her play it out and then evaluate at the end of that period. That just makes the most sense to me. So with all that being said, hopefully a better result next time out for our Missouri Tigers. And thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. And be sure to check out Locked On College Basketball with Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. Again, Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.